Good afternoon, Steelers Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. On today's episode of the Blitz, Arthur Motes and I, as always on a Thursday, catch up with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll get his thoughts now that the draft is wrapped up. We'll have the uh, return of a little favorite segment, a little three-question Thursday before we get out of here. But we start today with Big Al officially off to Baltimore and a draft takeaway that I want to run by Arthur Motes. Here we go. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. going on Steelers Nation Radio it is high noon on a Thursday afternoon that can only mean one thing it's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold you should already know the drill but if you don't he's Arthur Motes I'm Wesley Euler between the two of us we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair it is up to you to figure out the rest but you should know by now if you want to chime in anytime you want to join in on the conversation We'll take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Dabody52. Dabody. What up, cousin? Man, living my best life. You already know that, man. Yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, so shout Ooh. out to everybody that enjoyed the festivities. Yeah, what did you do yesterday? I Cinco my de Mayo. <laughs> you know, and I enjoyed myself. <laughs> then I had me a little. Did you, did you stay at home or did you go out? That's no, the no, question, no, no, right? no, no. I was out chilling at the crib, man. I had daddy daughter time, man. Okay. It was a fun time, man. Took my middle, my middle girl, little, you know. Impromptu shopping spree, nice. to, you know, new glass and stuff like that. It was a good nice. little vibe. And then I got the bonus, you know, post done with my middle girl, me and my oldest. We went and had this little workout shot. Nice. Loose. I was like, all nice. right, I'm living this. And then I wind down with some nice, uh, you know, Casamigos. Oh, for my amigos. You got to have the Casamigos. Casamigos for my amigos. You got to have. It was just a good the night. Casamigos. It was a little grand old time. You know what? You said something there that just it just hit me right in the nostalgia bone. Mm-hmm. When you were a kid, was there anything better than that unexpected shopping spree day? Oh, man. Right? Like, just like all of a sudden, it. out of nowhere, like, you know, mom drops yeah. a couple hundred bucks on you at Dick's, like, Dude, and you're, like, like, and you're we, rolling home with some new equipment and a new paintball gun. Like, we, it's the greatest we, thing ever. Listen, we casually go to the mall, and we're like, all right, we're going to get you glasses. Glasses turned into, oh, man, we got some books for her. Got her a little outfit. She's <laughs> over here like, Dad, I got two, three bags in my hand right now. I'm like... Yeah, the it happens. Yep, the yep. Best. I'm, I'm, I'm good there for the day. We used to, we used to always, right? Like I'd have that. My mom would always like use the Christmas in July joke. Yeah. Um, she would always like we'd have one of those shopping spree days before the hockey season mm. would always start. You know, and I got to get my new pants or my yeah. new shin pads or a new stick, whatever. You know, mom drop a couple hundred bucks, and I'm like in the backseat of the car, like, yeah, what's up? I'm just living my I'm best life. I'm just living my best life. We are always living our best life here. Uh, like I said on the intro, we. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo in about a half an hour, get his thoughts on everything that transpired over the weekend for the draft. Arthur Motes, before we get into the draft, though, how much stock should I put into this Al Villanueva stuff from yesterday? Um, <laughs> you know, Al had his introductory press conference with Baltimore. Oh, he did? I, I was unaware of that. What, and, what, what happened? And I just, Motesy, I never know, right, like... What was some being said? Guys, t- let, let me play you this clip of audio here. Okay, all right? no, 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 and let's, just, you know, let's we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we. I, deduce. I was I was off the grid lately. You we'll, know? we'll see what we deduce about this little clip of audio here. 
you know, when you have a balanced offense or when you run the ball, it's, it's obviously better for the offensive line. I'm assuming it's not as fun for the wide receivers uh, because they're not getting all the catches. They're making the TikToks and they're, 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 they're having fun on their social media. Motsi, when I saw that quote hmm. on Twitter yesterday, hmm. I thought, ah, come on, like he was probably laughing. You know, like oh. it's just a, he's just making a joke. You listen to that audio there. He doesn't huh. sound like he was humorous. Can, 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 can I get that back? Can I get that back? You know, when you have a balanced offense or when you run the ball, it's, it's obviously better for the offensive line. I'm assuming it's not as fun for the wide receivers uh, because they're not getting all the catches. They're making the TikToks and they're, 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 they're having fun on their social media. Not one uh, chuckle, not a <laughs> in there. Wow. Not a, a wow. it didn't sound like it was just a fun, good natured ribbing there, Arthur Motes. Am I wrong? Because again, like I said, when I first saw those quotes on Twitter yesterday and everyone was reacting to him, yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, everybody pump the brakes. He was probably, you know, it's probably just in jest, right? Right. And, and Al has a unique sense of humor and, and things like that, but. That definitely didn't that come off as jokey joke. Jo- that didn't sound jovial. That that's how I'm I'm gonna just tell you how I really feel about this thing, and you know, you can take it how it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting. How 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 quickly they they change their stripes, man. Arthur Modes. I oh, tell you what. Man. <laughs> you couldn't give us 24 hours before you started doing that, Al. Alejandro Villanueva, you couldn't have waited 24 hours? One more for you here. Oh, wow. Mozi. Uh, so I, I think my my focus is on the transition of, of learning a new playbook. That's that's where my my attention is right now. Uh, it's 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 obviously a very different uh, different playbook, different plays, uh, new position. So so my my my, my head right now is is, is in learning and, and getting to know my teammates, the coaches, the the lingo. Uh, I've heard from obviously from my teammates uh, back in uh, in Pittsburgh. Keep really good relationship with them. Motsi, did he just do the thing there that mm-hmm. is going to drive John Harbaugh crazy too? Mm-hmm. Did he just allude to the fact that he is definitely playing right tackle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought they would have liked to at least keep some air of mission. Ah, oh, Ronnie mm-hmm. Stanley. Who knows? Maybe my new position. That's the first thing I thought, too. I thought, you know, the Ravens, they might want some of that unknown with Ronnie Stanley still lingering out there. But when you're talking about being nailed down at the right tackle position, Mm -hmm. that kind of alleviates some of that doubt. (laughs) So you're saying he's going to be the right tackle next year. All right, cool. Or not even – I mean, some people have talked about guard as well, too, potentially. Not that we saw that ever happening being a possibility. Yeah, I got to stop that. But, wow, nothing in the uh, line of deception here. Yeah. Well – Maybe Big Al, we barely knew ye. I think it's more so <laughs> you have a guy who really doesn't talk to the media often. That this is true. And this is what happens when you don't talk to me often. He doesn't dance around. Exactly. <laughs> he he's just gonna speak direct and doesn't really understand <laughs> ramifications and how the ripple of this goes. But yeah, that's definitely what that sounds like. Cause people that do interviews regularly, you know, you don't give this type of info out. You don't say this type of stuff. But this is probably gonna be the last time we hear from Al until until he retires after a game or something, or, yeah. right? Yeah, like this is how it goes, man. But ah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't buy the whole joking narrative. But to each his own. I mean, we saw yeah. similar things with Jesse James when he left. You know, he made the comments that he made. Um, Nick Vanette was another guy who made comments. You know, yep. they were very unsavory in terms of how he thought of the organization. At the end of the day, though, man, that's how they feel. I'm glad that, you know, they got their energy out there. So now we know when we see them twice <laughs> a year what energy we're going to be on. 
mm-hmm. which is completely fine mm-hmm. with us. I love our matchup in terms of we having TJ versus him being at right tackle, so that doesn't scare me at all. Correct. So as a whole, man, I think, you know, you have your little moment right here. Yeah, moment. And we know that because certain people are very, you know, informative of, well, he's not on social media, so he can't receive clapback. It's all good. We're not worried. <laughs> Messages always get delivered. People always get the facts. It doesn't matter yeah. how they go about getting them. It might not be he read it directly, but trust me, people, he's getting his info. Motes, I, I always do laugh too, right, when there's some um some commotion from Steeler Nation with stuff like this because, right, Let's not act too like we don't love when this happens the other way around. Oh, to be we fair, always right? do. Like when Joe Hayden comes here yep. from Cleveland and he kind of poo-poos that organization and mm-hmm. sings praises of this one, we eat it up. We love it. We retweet it. We thump our chest about it. When Minka Fitzpatrick comes here and he mm-hmm. speaks glowingly about the Steelers organization, we love it and we thump our chest and we eat it up. Motes, you remember a couple months ago, Mark Friedman, Penguins yep. defenseman who came from the Flyers, and he had some of those comments mm-hmm. about how Pittsburgh's such a better place to live than philly the people are nicer it's it's cleaner it's not as dirty as philly and we ate that up and we loved it hey you know sometimes it happens the other way too it's 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 not the end of the world but i'm sure that those you know those guys that are still in the locker room here took a little mental note absolutely man you charge to the game but like you said that's the part of the gamesmanship man and that's how you want it to be you know when when you go especially if you're gonna go to that that team i can see if you went anywhere else but you went to that team? That team. So you already know what the energy is. And you waited You waited a week later to sign your contract to, exactly. to not affect the comp pick Exactly. So so you you was like in on it and wanted to help them out? Like you was all in, all mm. in. Benedict Remember, Arnold. B.A. Mm-hmm. Military man. Yeah. Benedict Arnold Benedict. just connected some dots here. So it is all good, baby. <laughs> Listen, hey, man, when you, when you put that on, man, you know how we feel. It, it is what it is now. I just, I'm interested to see if he's still tooting the horn, the praises of being on a run first team. After 12 games of being on a run first team. That's the thing that (laughs) even knowing him on a personal level, just hearing some of the things that he would always complain about from a practice (laughs) standpoint for us. And we weren't 100% run first. This is with Le'Veon, obviously, but we weren't even 100% run first then. Not like Baltimore. I'm like, Baltimore's run first, run first. Like, I, I, I know what you would complain about daily. I remember these things. We would share in our complaints. It's about to be way worse over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to be four yards in a cloud of dust, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they operate over there in Baltimore. Yeah. It's only fun to pass block there because you're only doing it once in a blue moon and you're typically catching people off guard Correct. with the different fakes and stuff like that. But when Ooh. you're playing against a team and they know you're going to be running the ball the whole time, yeah. Arthur Motes, six days from today, next Wednesday, we will have the NFL schedule. Mm-hmm. So we will know um, what the Steelers' schedule is going to shake out as. We'll know those two times when we're going to get to see Big Al up close and personal. If you've got thoughts on Big you, you know what, Motsi? If you've got comments on Big Al's comments, <laughs> you know where to find us on the Twitter.com. I did want to, too, hear... Arthur Motes, because, you know, again, uh, in our next uh, segment here of this episode, we're going to have our buddy Brian Backo, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, obviously the first time we've talked to him since the draft last week. Yeah. So we'll have plenty uh, talk to him about Najee, about Fryermuth, about just the overall scope of the draft in in kind of getting towards that conversation. Right, Motsi? I had some final, let's call them draft takeaways okay. that I wanted to run by you and kick around and discuss as we kind of start to put a bow on this draft process. Well, what if I don't want to? Well, then I don't know what we're going to do for well, the Well, then next, we're uh, going to do it then. Let's 15 do it. minutes of this segment here. <laughs> <laughs> we could just 
sit here and stare beautifully into each other's eyes. I'm just going to look lostly outside as I just reflect on these comments that were made by Al. Gosh, how could you? How could you, Al? You you weren't the chosen one, but how could you, though? You know? <laughs> um, I got one draft takeaway that's steal- my Steelers draft takeaway, okay. and then I've got three others from around the National Football League. What do you want first, Steelers or others? Uh, let's go others first. Okay, I like it. Three other um, draft takeaways from around the National Football League. The first, Arthur Motes, I have no idea what the Houston Texans are doing. I, I have no clue what the Houston Texans are doing. Now, we all know the situation with Deshaun Watson. Hold on, hold on. I thought we were talking about this year. Are you talking about last year or the year before? The year before? <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've heard this segment before. Did you take this segment from three years ago and now you're leading off with the, I don't know what Houston's doing now? Is that what? Are you talking about this year? Is like this I, I can't. I, I, I don't. You. I was in. I had a real deja vu moment right Hold there. Hold on, man. I remember this episode from 2018. <laughs> I thought you said that they didn't know what they was doing back three years ago. Huh? That's not what you told me. When, when they when they brought in Brock Osweiler contract, that's what you told me, huh? When they traded De- uh, was it DeAndre Hopkins for 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 David Johnson, that's not what you told me then. You did not say I don't know what the Houston Texans. Are. That's not what you said then. I could have sworn that's what you told me then. So now you're telling me again that you don't know what. Okay, okay, I don't right. know what the Houston Texans okay. are doing. All right, that makes two of us then. Arthur, Arthur Motes, we know it's a sticky situation with Deshaun Watson right very, now, right? Very true. Um. But I think that you – I don't know. You could tell me if I'm wrong here. Do you agree that it seems like one of two things are going to happen, that Deshaun Watson's going to be playing for the Houston Texans or he's not going to be playing next year? I, I don't see them yeah. trading him you, at this you, point. You can't trade him right now. And um, they have too much money tied up in exactly. him to uh, release him. The biggest thing that I think will end up happening, I don't think he plays next year. I think that he I gets agree. put on the exempt list. I They're going to put him up I, there I, until this stuff gets settled. I agree. So, again, that's a weird situation. But I, I don't think you're trading Deshaun Watson anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You also remember signed proven veteran Tyrod Taylor. As, as hey, hey, Mose- where's he from? Okay. The crib? Yeah, yeah. Just don't ask where he went to college. Um, nah, nah, I won't respect that. Tyrod Taylor, like Arthur Motes and I discuss, um, you know, like when we talk about Teddy Bridgewater, when we talk about some of these guys, right? He's not a top 10 quarterback in the right. league, but he is a professional quarterback who can win you football games. Very true. So Deshaun is still with the organization. And again, weird, unknown situation, but we don't think he's going anywhere, at least anytime soon. You brought in Tyrod Taylor. You don't have a draft pick until the third round, remember, because you traded your first and second rounders to the Dolphins to you get Laramie Tunsil. Bad management right there. Oh my God. When I saw that, I was just like, yeah, this is terrible. All the all the needs for that organization, Arthur Motes, n- sitting there and not picking until the third round, until the end of the second day of the draft. But they addressed the position of need. And they take a, a project quarterback. No, that was a position of need, man. Come on, baby. You know what that. Are, what are we doing here? And I like Davis Mills. I do, honestly. Some if, people were even trying to mock him here. If it was Tampa Bay taking him in the third round, if it was the Steelers nabbing him yeah. later, if it was... Uh, I don't know, the Saints, you know what I mean? A team that right. could take a project quarterback. The the Seattle Seahawks, I, I wouldn't have minded that. But you're the Texans. You have so many glaring needs. Mm-hmm. You have Tyrod Taylor already, even if, like Motes and I said, Deshaun Watson doesn't play this year. I just, man, I, I for the fifth time in fifth year, five years, I don't understand what the Texans are doing. Yeah, they, I think they just make it up as they go along, and then it's like, oh, that didn't work? All right, what did Bob Ross say? That's not a mistake. Those are butterflies. Those are just beautiful butterflies. <laughs> don't worry about the, the, the draft picks you traded away. No, those, those are just daisies. Those, those are just, just beautiful daisies. Those are just beautiful daisies. Don't worry about it. That's we'll how they operate down there, we'll man. Just like, over them. Oh, we, 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 we traded this guy for this pick. Don't worry. We'll trade this guy for these other your picks and get it back that way. Your mistakes are beautiful, darling. Like, 
when I see them, I'm just like, I don't understand the direction. Like, I don't pick an identity and then it. just go all in with that. And that's fine. Like, that's what the Ravens have done. That's what we have done. You go down the list, teams, they do that. But it's like with the Texans, they just won't commit either way. Do you want to be uh, off a heavy offense team? Do you want to be heavy on defense? Do you want to have this O-line? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. But they just don't seem to know that. And then you see them – Prime example, you trade away De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who is a top three receiver in this league annually. Yep. For, and still had plenty right. of tread left on those ties. And you trade him away for a, a back that really had one good year and hasn't really lived up to that potential ever since then. So you, you're taking away more weapons but expecting more from the offense, which didn't make sense. You never really addressed the defense. So you just see, like, how are you expecting this team to be successful? And now I'm the not. one main piece <laughs> that you did have, he has legal issues. So now you're in even more of a bind. Now the shell of an offense that was right because you don't know heavily carried by Deshaun. Right, what's happening here. the offense was heavily carried by Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. So now you're going to especially gonna, last year. So now you're putting Tyrod or Davis Mills in there and expecting them to carry it to a similar extent. That's not going to happen. It's nope. not even close to happening. Nope. But you still can't even proceed going forward with how you want to build around these guys because you don't know which one you're doing it around. Is it Davis Mills? Is it going to be Deshaun? Like, is it Tyrod? Is it Tyrod? We don't know. Like, yeah. that's the part to me where I'm just like, what they're just throwing doing? a bunch of crap at the wall and hoping that it sticks, Motsi. But and, and, and the bad stuff is sticking. That's the problem. But the, yeah, it's not the good stuff that's sticking. My second draft takeaway from outside of the Steelers bubble, also kind of quarterback related. Uh, the Niners knew what they were doing the whole time. Yep. Uh, uh, what in, in early April when San Francisco traded three first round picks, Arthur Motes to move up to third in the draft, and they did the whole. Well, it might be Mac Jones, it might be Trey Lance, it might be Justin Fields. We don't know. There's like five different guys that we could draft there at the third spot. It's really wide up. You don't trade three first-round draft picks just to go up and get a guy. You trade three first-round draft picks because you know you have your guy that you want to go and nab. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, in hindsight, it's clear. We talk about the smoke and mirrors and the lies and everything around the NFL draft. The Niners were blowing smoke the entire time. They knew Trey Lance was their guy from early April. Yes, indeed. I agree with that 100%, man. And I don't have an issue with it I don't either. either. No, I don't either. If you knew that you loved that guy, go for it. And I also think that, man, a part of them not telling is just the gamesmanship of Absolutely. the draft. You know, they, they could play that game like that. But, yeah, they, they have their mindset, man. You Like you said, you don't move up like that to take Mac Jones. It, 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 Mac Jones is, is a good guy. But his ceiling in the NFL compared to Trey Lance's night and day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's Kirk Cousins versus, versus Josh Allen. Uh, absolutely. I mean. Night and day. Yeah. <laughs> night, night and day. Night and day. Yeah. <laughs> and then my final uh, outside of the Steelers bubble draft takeaway, Arthur Motes. I cannot believe. And I knew that they, I know that they did it at the expense of screwing over a fellow division rival. Mm-hmm. But I cannot believe we saw the Eagles and the Cowboys do business. I know, the, like it's like the what? Hatfields and the McCoys being dancing partners. I, I, I couldn't believe that when I saw I it. Did. I'm like, and again, Whoa. I know that you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend. In theory, that's what they say. And then, you know, you're you, you really the the team that got kind of screwed over was the Giants, but. I just I again it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys doing business when you see the Eagles yeah, and the Cowboys man. making a deal. You you, you just it, I felt real slimy watching it take place. <laughs> like, is this really supposed to happen like this? Like, ooh. Did you see some of the um 
like the Giants fan reaction videos. No, they were like, "The Eagles are doing it to us again." Oh, because they, of this, uh, regular the regular season, of the game. Season. yeah. They, they, they lost <laughs> on purpose at the end of the regular season to screw us. Who was that too? Was it, that wasn't to Dallas too? No, no, no. That it was, was to fo- was Washington football team. Yeah, I think, I think it was Washington. I think football yeah. team. But just you know, like, oh, they screwed us at the end of the regular that season. Now they're screwing us now. Oh, the Eagles. That's uh, definitely funny. <laughs> Oh, Arthur Motes. Those are my three um, I like those. draft takeaways from outside the Steelers' bubbles. The Texans are just, they're shooting from the hip with yes. all this. And not like the Indiana Jones cool shooting from the nah. hip. Nah. Like the, like the they, just, I'm going to miss all the time yeah. shooting from the, the hip. The bad shooters. The, the bad shooters. The yeah. ones where it's like, he's shooting, duck. <laughs> Get out the way. He's dangerous. <laughs> Get out of here. He or is like, dangerous. You know, like if you're shooting on a basketball court, you're going to have enough bricks to build a house by the yeah. time we get out of here. Second one is that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch knew they were taking Trey Lance the yes. entire time, ever since they traded up for that third overall pick. Third one is I can't believe the Eagles and the Cowboys did the thing. It's like watching the Hatfields and McCoys do business together. Arthur Motes, my Steelers takeaway that I want to run by you here is this. As I've been kind of thinking, you know, looking at it now with the draft complete, with free agency, you know, just the last few months in right. general, my kind of takeaway from the draft, from the offseason – is that the offense better take a significant step forward? Yeah. When I'm looking back, right, um, new offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator, you kept the offense relatively together, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Marquis Pouncey retired, Vance McDonald retired, but other than that, you kept the offense together. You brought the band back. Right, you brought the band back. You kept Juju in. Again, we know there's not the linear correlation that some have tried to draw of, oh, well, hey, yeah, you, 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 it was a it was a coin flip decision in the Steelers facility, and they picked Juju over Steven Nelson. It's 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 not that linear of a correlation between the two. Yeah. But I also think it's fair to say, Motsi, that when you have the full snapshot of the offseason like we do now, mm-hmm. they prioritize the offense. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. You can see that across the board. Like you said, the uh, free agency moves they made in terms of bringing back B.J. Finney, the free agency moves in terms of keeping Zach Banner, mm-hmm. you know, keeping him in house mm-hmm. for an extension. Keeping Juju. Absolutely, you keep Juju. You you could see them putting an the emphasis on that, bringing back Ben Roethlisberger. Let's exactly. not forget that. Exactly. That Bring was a, a big chunk of money they could have used other places. So, yeah, first, that has been it. First four picks in the draft, all mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the football, right? And then when you look at the defensive side of the football, Steven Nelson's gone, Bud Dupree's gone, Mike mm-hmm. Hilton's gone. But, again, all four of the first picks in the draft – used to address the offensive side of the football for the first time since 1984, since before Motsi and I were born. Whew. Crazy. I, I, we might have just dated some of our listeners there. Um, I, <laughs> I just, again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, Arthur Motes. And I still think that the defense, when you look at the bones of the defense, mm-hmm. right? You got Cam, and you got Stephon, and you got TJ, and you got Devin, and you got Joe Hayden. And got, Ed, some, got some guys. And got Edmonds, guys. and Minka, right? I think the defense can still be really dang good. I think they can still be one of the top 10 defenses in the National Football League. Maybe not the elite top one or two that we saw at moments over yeah. the at times. Uh, it stretches Take over the last. Take a step back, but still be dominant. Take yes. a step back, but still be really dang good, right? Absolutely. The offense, though, needs to take a significant step forward. When I'm Again, when I'm looking at the entire snapshot of the offseason, what they did with the coaching staff, what they did with Ben and with Juju and some of the decisions in terms of personnel, and then what they did in the draft going four straight offensive picks, my draft takeaway for the Steelers, Arthur Motes, is if the defense takes a fraction of a step back, that's not the worst thing in the world. I still think they'll be one of the best 10 units in the league. I still think they've got all pros and playmakers at every level. But with that... 
The offense needs to take a significant step forward. The run game cannot be anywhere close to the worst in the league, Mm -hmm. and, and the passing attack needs to look more like it did in the first half of the season, not down the stretch. I love that. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's going to go one or two ways. Okay. I think that that can definitely happen if we see identity where they, number one, utilize Najee to the full extent and they allow this team to be more balanced, more of a run-first approach, which we think bodes extremely well for Ben and his longevity this season. If they do that, the way the O-line is built, the O-line is built to run block. When you think about Zach Ban, you think about um, Kevin Dotson, you think about David DeCastro, obviously Kendrick Green. These are all guys who move people off the ball from a run game standpoint. So to me, you think about those guys along with Najee Harris, if they're utilizing that and now Ben is throwing that ball, you know, no more than 30 times per game, I do think that we'll see a way more improved yes. offense. Yes. Now, if we get this offense where it comes out and they want to go, we're going to throw it and throw it and throw it, and Ben is up there averaging 30-plus attempts again. Closer to 40. That's yeah. not going to work. I don't think the offense takes a step forward that way. Right. Even though we have talent outside, I just don't think that the O-line is currently built for that style of season. Now, they could prove us wrong, but I just don't think that they're built for that right now. I agree. So that's kind of where I'm at where it's like, I do think they will take a significant stand, a significant step, but it's going to start with that philosophy, that yes. mentality. Yes. And we just, I just don't know if they're going to have that just yet, or if it's going to stay the whole time. Because sure. think about the first five games, we did see that mentality, we saw that philosophy. Five games, five hundred yard uh, rushing total outputs. Right now, we did it very differently in terms of how we would get those hundred, but that was the magic number, and we saw how the offense looked: very productive balance exciting all these other things that we could use to describe it like that's what it was right but then we saw after Tennessee it shifted Tennessee game he comes out lights it up then from there we start seeing this shift Half of the Tennessee well, game, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. Started out, started out, lit him up. Started out, First lit him half up. was, I mean, i tell you yes. what. <laughs> yeah, the tell two half that week and then the following week versus the Baltimore. Following week was second half. Yeah, it was second week. But <laughs> after those games, we started to see what? A lot more of these elevated passing numbers yes. where it, have, it had him having an average of around 30 passes per game yes. on a season average. It's too high for him right now. It's too high. That that that's, I agree. that's not the number that that's he wants to be. That's too high for at. almost every quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely, right? like it's not man. just be, like unless we're talking um, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Like there's only a, a, like maybe five or six quarterbacks in the league that I would want throwing the ball that much in the first place. It's I not agree. just a Ben thing. And, I agree. And you know what? Too to kind of wrap this all up. I think you could also argue that if the offense does take that big step forward, right? Yeah. If they do become a more balanced unit. That in turn helps the defense, right? Absolutely, because now they're not on the field as often. If the defense is playing 20 less plays a game, way different. And and four less minutes or five less minutes on the field per game, that's way different, Mozi. Mm -hmm. It's it's way different. If the Steelers can control the football more with leads and keep the defense off the field, then obviously, again, we all know everything with a football team, special teams, they all play hand in hand, they all play off each other. It's all part of the same equation. But I think, yeah, like like you kind of just laid out, if that does transpire, if you have a more balanced offense, I think you could say, too, that that in turn certainly does help the defense, and then then it's a win-win for everybody. No question, man. It's, it's the balance. It's just ultimately how football works, man. When you're able 
to work in concert like that defense, three and out, offense, long drive, special teams, pin them back deep. Mm -hmm. That's how you want to operate. And every team is ultimately trying to get that or as close as that every game. It's very difficult to do consistently, but that's what separates the great teams from the good teams, the good teams from the bad teams. When you can do that more consistently in all three phases, you're going to have a better product. Now, we've seen two styles of this happen for us in the past two years. When we had Mason and Duck at quarterback, the defense had to pick up a lot more of that mm -hmm. slack, right? They weren't off the field as often. They were on the field a lot more. Offense was, was, was shortcoming, right? Then we saw last year where early in the season, offense was sustaining long drives. Defense looked great, fresh. Everything was good. Then when it shifted, we saw what? Not only the offense struggle, but we started to see the defense struggle down yep. the stretch. Not being able to get the stops and get off the field that we have become accustomed to. It all goes together mm -hmm. hand in hand like that. And that's something that Coach Tomlin constantly preaches. That's something that he's been preaching since I was there, since before I was there, and obviously he's still preaching it now because it's significant in order to in order to be a consistently good team. Yeah. No, that's well said by Arthur Motes. That's something we'll discuss with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette around the corner. We got some tweets so far. Keep those rolling in. Uh, you want to talk about offense-defense balance, draft takeaways, Big Al, anything you want to discuss, it's on the table today. Our buddy Brian Backo right around the corner. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.